Father in heaven, we come before thee, the living God. Thou art the one, the true, majestic, holy being, the three in one, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And we come before thy throne of grace, beseeching your mercy, your grace, your wisdom, your understanding, and open each and every heart as we open your word, that we may receive it with thanksgiving in meekness mingled with faith. We thank you for the word this morning. We pray that you would serve us a few more crumbs from your table. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I have opened the word of God to the book of Psalms, chapter 27. The book of Psalms, chapter 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock, and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy, I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. When thou sayest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of courage, good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. This is a psalm of David. We have fond memories of singing this uh, hymn, maybe in different arrangements. And um, that's the way we probably learn the lyrics the best, when we repeat, repeatedly sing them. Um, 
and we have many fond memories of our childhood growing up and singing these hymns. I, um, in raising our children, we played children's songs, script, scripture songs, and I learnt those uh, lyrics very, very well just because we put it on for our kids, but in fact it had an effect, an impact on us. I don't know which psalm it was, and Millie can attest, but I just remember, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of our great God. I learned that off by heart. And it's so good that we do this, that we sing these hymns, uh, not just to praise God, but the the side benefit is that we would reinforce our minds with the truth. That was, um, that was one thing that when we did a, a camp forum a long time ago on learning to discern, learning to discern what we see, what we hear, what we um, experience, that the world has known this for a long, long time. When they want to get an idea over to you, when they want to make sure that that idea sticks with you, they put it into a jingle. Listen to all the Coke commercials, listen to all the um, soap commercials. I got so many in my head still from Australia. But it's there because singing and repeating in your mind reinforces that in your mind. Now, the world knows how to do that. We should even have take better advantage of that when we want to know what the will of the Lord is and how powerful and how strong God is and how holy he is that we sing these songs and uh, reinforce them in our minds. Psalms were actually songs, right? They were songs written for the choir master, by the choir master, for the, for the temple choir, if you will. They had 4,000 musicians in the Temple of Solomon and singers. And um, God is, uh, it says that God inhabits the praises of Israel and he should inhabit the praises of his people as well. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord to David was the one that gave him direction, the one that illuminated his path, the one that showed him where to go. And he also saved him. And you can see throughout these Psalms um, 23, Right? The Lord is my shepherd. Though he goes through the darkest valley of death, God is with him. And he encouraged himself, even I believe it says of David himself, when he was oppressed by his enemies, that he encouraged himself in the Lord. And what other way, perhaps there are other, other ways to prepare, but through these songs, the psalms that he wrote, that he encouraged himself in the Lord. 
I know when I, I counseled with, with individuals with fears, with, with um, apprehensions, with anxiety, I often say, well, this is what I do. This is what I did and I still do. When I was a young boy going in Australia, um, I'd be coming home late at night, being with my friends, maybe at 12 years old, 13. Coming home and the street's dark and I'm always thinking there could be someone that's behind the fence is gonna jump me. So I, I encourage myself by saying, this is no different than daytime. In the daytime, everything's bright. Why would it be any different now? And I talk to myself. That's in a human way. But what about us in a spiritual way where we constantly have God on our lips, constantly talking to God, praying to him, communing with God, and encouraging ourselves in, in our... Um, anxieties and our fears in our apprehensions because David did have real enemies you go back to chapter 34 which was somewhat of a messianic psalm and he says just like here it says in verse 3 though an host should encamp around against me my heart should not fear why in psalm 34 he says because the angel of the Lord encamps around about us we have God that is far greater than the enemies of our souls, which is far greater than the enemies of, of, of David. Though this host encamp against him, he said, my heart shall not fear. What does that take? Does that take tradition of the fathers? Does that take uh, past experience? Yes. It takes great faith. And that faith is supported and bolstered by your experience of the past. This is what uh, Paul writes in the book of Romans, chapter 5. Chapter 5, he says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can be at peace with God by having faith in God, by believing that he forgives us our sins through the merit of Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we, have, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation works with work of patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. When we go through tribulations, and it, and, and it brings us into um, engaging, not only with our enemy, but with God. Not only with our temptations and trials, but it, with the grace of God. And when we obtain that victory, through going through the tribulation, going through the fire, instead of around the fire, it it strengthens us. It generates within us patience. You know, I, I heard this a long time ago. Someone said, I asked for patience and God gave me another trial. The way that we increase our patience is by the trials we go through. And he gives us just enough 
to, to make it through the trial. He says, there is not one temptation that befalls man that is, um, that is common to man, that God will not provide a way of escape if we only trust in him and obey his word, not obey our feelings, our emotions, our fears, but rather obey his word. And then it says, this patience brings about experience. Now we have something to look back on that we've gone through. I've been through that fire before. I've faced this, this challenge, this obstacle. And now I have hope for the future that I can do it again and in greater measure with God's help. And hope maketh not ashamed. In other words, we are not disappointed. The word ashamed here really means we will not be disappointed. We will not be in any way disappointed with what God has done for us by bringing us through this um, flame, through this fire, through this difficulty. David had many uh, wicked enemies, he says, foes. They came upon him to eat up his flesh. They stumbled and fell. He saw them fall before him because God encamped around about him. Then he says, even though the enemy camp around about me, verse 3, and though war rise up against me, in this will I be confident. This is where I find my confidence, my, my uh, uh, hope for the future, that I will be victorious. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And here's that reprise from Psalm 23. Right? It's exactly what he said in Psalm 23. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So he's seeking to dwell in the house of the Lord. And it's much like Abraham. He wasn't seeking for a physical tabernacle or building on this earth. He was seeking to be in God's house, in his presence. Why? To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And that, whatever that inquire means, whether it means petitions, whether it is, is to inquire more about his ways, to seek more about him, do we have that attitude that there is beauty in the house of the Lord? There's another song that comes to my mind, right? Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Had a friend that passed away this past week another one he was maybe a year younger than me but he was in my class and I would say he was after primary school my best friend we sat next to each other in class and every time I could go back to Adelaide I would take my family with me my wife my sons my daughter and we would visit with my old friends from school I think it's a waste of a childhood when you just reject 
or forget about your friends of the past. I'm not saying to go and do the things that they do, but maybe there's something that they can learn from you now that you've come to the Lord. And not only that, but just to show them that you care for them, that you love them. Again, I phoned him up and I thought he was going to answer, but he didn't. So I left a sort of a, uh, a little bit of a humorous message. You know, I hope you know who this is and that I was going to say something that his father would tell him all the time. Get the wool out of your ears because he's not listening properly. But he didn't pick up. And his wife picked up instead. I thought it was going to go to the answering machine. She asked, who is this? I said, this is our friend from Jeff. You remember me, Bronwyn? Doug, Dragon? Oh, yeah. She said, it's been a, it's been a terrible 20 months for me. I said, what happened? She said, Jeff passed away. Sat next to me in high school. Best of friends. Died of pancreatic cancer. And we went through a bit of his life, his history, his early life. I shared some funny experiences we had together. But then we talked about another fellow, which we met also at Adelaide Airport a few years ago. And he said, she said, I think he's become a, some kind of a preacher, chaplain, or something like that. I forget what name she used. And this person was never of that thinking, to my knowledge. But you never know what kind of a influence you may have on someone that you have come across in your past life. And how God could use you. And I'm not sure what his end is going to be either. But as we heard recently, life takes a lot of turns left and right, left and right. And we even, you know, talking to Brother Brian this morning, Vukosic, with his family situation, he didn't expect something like this to come where his father and mother were both ill at the same time. And I feel for the brother, he's gone through, and Sister Sandy, they're going through a lot of difficulties now with, in this time of life. And um, you never know which way that path is going to take you, but we always have to remember that the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation. Uh, and this is what I want to do, I want to seek after him that I may dwell in his house all the days of my life and behold the beauty of the Lord to inquire, to know more about God in his temple. For in the same time of trouble, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. You know, we can talk to a lot of people in this church Brothers and sisters, we've talked with them in the past. The, the difficulties they've gone through, the, the hardships of life, 
see Sister Margaret Nagy here, lost her dad at an early age, basically raised by her mom, almost starved to death. Um, lots of things. I could, we could go one by one. But out of them all, God delivered us. And the beauty of, of our lives is not this earthly house. Chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. It's not this tabernacle, this vest, vesture that we live in, this body. It is the, it's the house that we will be housed with forever in a new, a new tabernacle, a heavenly tabernacle, a heavenly vessel, if you will, when our bodies will be marvelously and quickly changed in the twinkling of an eye. And there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. It's something to look, really look forward to in hope. He will set me upon a rock. And that rock, of course, to us, as we understand it, is Jesus Christ. He is our foundation. He is that rock that he spoke about. It was in Matthew chapter 7. The wise man that builds his house upon the rock. And the winds blow and the waves beat against it. And they couldn't knock it down. See, I don't know what to say to, to people such as my good friends that have lost loved ones that I've lost. What do I say to their family? How do I encourage them? It's very difficult if they didn't have the Lord as their rock. And now shall my head be lifted up and mine eyes, mine enemies around me. Therefore I will offer in the tabernacle sacrifices of joy and I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. David would, when, upon the thought of God, worshipping God and all the things that he has done for him, says this is how I can lift up my head with, with uh, not boastful pride but dignity. That even though he's the youngest or the, or the, the, the weakest of all um, in this situation, he felt him to, to be in. I'm thinking of um, Psalm 110, a beautiful image, this messianic psalm. Such a short one, but this is a psalm that, that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, 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 alluded to and quoted or cited uh, to the Sadducees. In Matthew 22, when, when he challenged the Sadducees, what does this mean? The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. He said, the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. You will have voluntary followers of Christ, not 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 um, obligatory, not forced, not driven, you know, convert or die. It's those that will willingly surrender their lives to, to God. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. This is now in the book of uh, Hebrews quoted. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge the heathen. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall wound their heads over many countries. And then the last verse says, He shall drink of the brook in the way. When the battle's over, 
when the war is won, he would drink in the brook as he goes away, and therefore shall he lift up the head. He will lift up the head. It is finished. It is done. That's how David felt. He will lift up his head. Because before that, the dejection, the, 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 the uh, sorrow, the grief, the oppression, and God is going to lift up his head. And God will lift up our heads. And then he'd go out rejoicing. I will offer in the tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. When thou saidst, seek ye my face. What was the response? What should be our response? Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me. O God of my salvation, we sing in our Zion's harp. Forsake me not. O God, hear thou my crying. Thou art the rock on whom I am relying. And they're not there just for, to fill the numbers in the book. They're there because they're, they're pleased to God for help, for the oppression that we go through. You know, when I was uh, visiting, I think I mentioned this story before, when I was in visiting uh, the cattle family in, in, um, in their home up in Cambridge, north of Cambridge, I think it is, or south. Um, and Mark Whirling was there. He lost his wife, seven kids, and a baby in the womb, in a, bar, in a fire, up near Niagara Falls. They burned. Electric stove fire. And he lost everything. Make a long story short, I think we all know the story, but he was at that place. He came back to visit his cousins. His father was there and uncle. And I remember they had this hymn book. They had a hymn book without no notes. We, are, we have our Zion's harp. They have no notes. They just have got words. But they sing off by heart their melody. And his, uh, his words to me was, because they were in the Nazarene church a long time ago, went from there, to, from there into France. And he said to me, you know, that is why the Zion's harp songbook has so many hymns that talk about difficulties and sorrows and griefs it's because they went through a lot the, the Nazarene faith went through a lot through oppression through persecution and he tried to <laughs> explain to me why we did that I sort of knew that but I'm glad that it's not forgotten by others as well and that's why it says here that um, Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Now Zion's harp has got that song as well. We are supposed to be victorious. We should be victorious. But it doesn't mean we'll be pain-free. It doesn't mean we'll be trouble-free. It doesn't mean we'll be uh, um, sickness-free. We'll have all these 
difficulties, but we will also have the Lord to encourage us, to give us hope, to give us strength to carry on. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path because of mine enemies. Because there are enemies out there, lead me, guide me. I need your protection. I need your provision. Deliver me not over to the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses around, risen around against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed. Oh, look at that one. If I had not believed and seen your goodness, I would have fainted. If I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I would have fainted. That means those that have faith in God and have seen his power of the past will know that he will deliver in the future because they believe and they trust in him. And then he says, wait on the Lord. He may not deliver when you want him to deliver. He may not give what you want him to give, but he will. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart, thine heart. Wait, I say, he said, as, 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 as if he was trying to convince us. Wait, listen, I'm telling you, I'm saying, wait on the Lord. The uh, power of repetition. These are not vain repetitions. These are uh, very beneficial repetitions when we have to be reminded to be patient because God is going to come through if we're faithful to him. May the Lord bless the word that he's given us throughout this day and may we all apply it to our lives. To him be the glory evermore. Amen. This concludes this portion. Does our brother have a uh, closing hymn? And then we can have a closing prayer. Two hundred and eighty seven, any particular verses? One and uh, two and four. Two hundred and eighty seven from the Zion Sarp, one, two, and four.
come up here and have a prayer. Let's have a kneeling prayer to close. Dear Father in heaven, when we do look into thy word, when we pause and take it in, dear Father, we just realize how good thou art, how gracious, how loving, how much and how well thou hast provided for thy saints in all times, at all times, dear Father. And from the King of Israel, who was uh, head great power and authority, dear Father, and yet new fear and, and uh, deprivation and persecution, dear Father, to the wandering patriarchs of old, dear Father. Thou hast been with each one, and we know with each one of us, whatever our circumstance, whatever our, our life story, dear Father, it, is, it all leads back to Thee as we look to Thee, as we are reassured by Thee and Thy plans for us. So, dear Father, as we meditated upon these things as we've heard them dear father help us to take them in help us help our faith to grow to to be bolstered by this day to be strengthened to be renewed dear father we need that in a world which tears down a world that shouts many different things that would eat up our flesh that would destroy us dear father would would love nothing more than to accuse the christian and, and uh, pull him down but dear father when we look at thee look at the the beauty of who thou art, thy character, thy goodness, thy graciousness, when we see all that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Dear Father, what, uh, what an awesome, privileged place to be in, to stand in, as pilgrims and strangers whose citizenship is in heaven. Dear Father, we thank thee for this. We pray for each one, a blessing on them. We, we pray for, uh, we petition thee for each one too, their various needs for healing, for strength, for encouragement, for wisdom, dear Father, for comfort in grieving, for, for uh, comfort in loneliness. Each one, dear Father, there are many needs, known all to thee, dear Father, but we bring them before thee now and, and ask in the name of Jesus, be with each one of us. We pray this in his name, amen. I had just one thought relayed to me, so it may not be completely accurate, but I believe uh, this psalm, particularly verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. I think that was a favorite of our departed brother John Ton, and because of his life story. And I often think about him and what he experienced in the many years of difficulty, um, of faithlessness, and how the Lord came through for him in the end as he opened himself up to that and, and uh, my parents experienced it firsthand, uh, we all in some ways, but I think this is God's goodness, that he can allow each one of us in um, whatever our twists and turns have been he can turn that to good as we open our hearts to him, as we are, allow the Lord to take us up when our father and our mother have forsaken us. And uh, this, is, this is the heritage we have, the goodly heritage that we have in God's word, the treasure of his word uh, that points to salvation. That is, 
that incorruptible seed. So as we close and conclude this week, uh, this day of worship, may God be praised by what has been shared. May he be encouraged. Uh, may we be encouraged by his heart toward us as he leads us through this pilgrim journey. With that, we'll conclude the service. Bibles, maybe I should take a Bible down too.